ladies and gentlemen, tonight, prepare yourself to crack open the files of conspiracy. Deep in the heart of man lies tales, untruths, things beyond the cosmos that we will dive into tonight on Death Metal Are you trying to hold it together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, conspiracy theories are fucking hilarious. Uh, that's what we're talking about this week. We're cracking open the fucking Illuminati files again. Cracking them. Cracking, <laughs> fucking opening them up, taking a look deep into dork territory where. Hygiene does not live. No, man. Everybody's like, man, these boys have got a file cabinet and they're literally cracking out some fucking files. The fucking low gene. Well, yeah, the files are just the internet. And that is where the origin and the continuance of dorkery inhabits forever. My grandpa had a fucking file cabinet where he stored all his narcotics at because I kept stealing them. So he put a deadbolt on them. <laughs> on a file cabinet. <laughs> Your grandpa was storing narcotics? Yeah, well, because he had. He, cause oh, he, like pain yeah. pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Well, because he. He was a cop, too, so I was thinking perhaps he was piling them up. And I was taking, like, 30 fucking bars of Xanax out of his shit every time he got it filled. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't good, but <laughs> he put it in the file cabinet. And that's where the Illuminati files came from. Well, hey, so the Illuminati files are where we deviate a little bit from our normal podcast material. We... Delve into the realm of the unknown, the conspiracy, the 12 most powerful families in the history of the planet that, if you believe, they control all the money, all the media, they control our future. They control yeah. our past. Man. They control our hoe. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say lots of ass just to slide that rhyme out. But listen, conspiracy wise, we're pretty much a clean slate. Don't fall for it too much. Not dumb enough to think that bullshit doesn't exist. Yeah. These are fun for me. Conspiracy files, Illuminati shit, because there's always a tinge of complete bullshit. But what happens every single time I start looking for a cool Illuminati conspiracy to cover, I unfurl a giant chunk of terrible child abuse that always turns out to have a unfortunate ring of truth to it. Yeah. Ooh, it makes me wonder how, 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 how. What is that? Uh, it's trying to lead up on it. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. If there's some children in your bedroom, what you gonna do? <laughs> ah, crap. Yeah, man. So back to the Illuminati fucking files. This week, the last Illuminati files we did, we brought up the entire royal family, the entire parliament of England being embedded with these disgusting freaks that are peddling children all across the world to satiate alleged satanic desires and tonight or really whenever the fuck you push play on the podcast app we're talking about essentially the same thing but in america Mm -hmm. we're gonna go over uh this book 
the Franklin cover-up, which was written by a senator uh, about a fucking financial fraud that was for $40 million, but insignificant to the fact that the man perpetrating it was peddling children to high-ranking government officials across America. Now, that sounds like bullshit, but it's not. Yeah. This is probably the worst lead-up to an episode. It's uh, probably not, but you're going to... I mean, hmm. yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I want to talk about some wacky shit. I want to sit down, read about reptilian legions coming from planet Nibiru to invade our Earth and then setting up a cold-blooded hierarchy to trample people underneath their feet, grinding the working class into dust simply for their profit, never find any proof, and be on my way slightly more amused than I was before I started looking at the idea that people are made out of lizard. But mm-hmm. instead, what I find out is that there's a bunch of weird, rich, fucking freaks high up in the government spending money to have sex with kids. It's a wild one. And... That's tonight on Death Metal Dicks. We're going to be talking about that. And it's the 4th of fucking July. This is how we celebrate. So what better patriotic celebration than to expose some of the government's goddamn treachery? Mm. It's our constitutional duty. Uh, We here at Death Metal Dicks certainly enjoy you listening to our podcast. We enjoy your company. Uh, you want to join us in a conversation, just uh, find our Facebook group. It's going to be in the link of the episode. All you got to do is click that link, push out in the group. We'll add you away. Follow us on any social media. You can find that also in the links on the iTunes or Spotify page. Tell your friends about this shit. Check out patreon.com backslash death metal dicks for exclusives. If you like the show and you want to help out, Anything does because uh, life is killing me. Yeah. Life is killing me. All right, man. So anything from you this week there, buddy? No, it's all bad. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. That's perfect, man. My fucking dog died, man. It's that's the worst part of it gets. <laughs> yeah, man. Rest in peace to my dog, Fedor. Had him for 13 goddamn years well i didn't let no tears shed when we were doing it but when i got in the car man i let it loose yeah yeah it was sad man he Fuck just uh fucking died dude. he peed in my mouth one time yeah he sure did he sure did he just fucking died man uh man they to bum everybody out with dead dog talk but don't get a dog i'd highly recommend not getting an attachment to something that lives one tenth as long as most people do you just gotta keep the ball rolling man what do you mean? You gotta get another dog. Fuck no. <laughs> I got one. You can have. He's cool. Get two more. Absolutely not. Get five. <laughs> yeah, they just fucking die, man. You don't think about that shit. You raise them. They're around you. They're around everybody. They're a big part of your life. So much of my day revolves around doing dog shit and then fucking kapow. Yeah, fucking dog shit. Went and laid over and died. Uh, Yeah, so. Uh, that that's uh, the kind of ripping fucking week we've had yeah. here in the Death Metal Dicks community. So nothing will make us happier than interacting with you guys on social media. Uh, if you want to win a free T-shirt or scowl cow, no, what did I say scowl? 
Skull. Skull. Yeah. Well, what kind of bones? I'm going to do a, a ra- I got a raccoon skull somebody gave me. Raccoon poon. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right. So Buddy's got a raccoon skull to send you. That's always appealing. And we're going to give you a free shirt. I hadn't uh, fucked with it yet. I'm going to wait till the winner uh, lets me know. We give you a no jack off on a guarantee. But yeah, if you want to get on iTunes, uh, nothing cool that's come across it so far. There's a couple yeah, of there's a couple good slams, but yeah. Man, come on. You know you're shitting on stuff. Yeah. If you want the raccoon, that's cool. But if you want the goat with the blood and come on it with the pentagram in the middle. You nobody wants that. You don't know. Okay. If somebody, it's got a clear coat on it, man. You're not going to get no cum on you. Yeah, so just to explain, buddy, if you haven't heard on an episode before. Uh, just don't shove it up your snatch. You won't get pregnant. But buddy got a goat skull and to decorate it, he jacked off and bled on it and then covered it in clear coat. Nobody wants that. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. It's cool, man. Speaking of not wanting, let's talk about this kid rape. <laughs> Not even in the same ballpark, dumbass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, man, this is one of those fucking episodes. Uh, I'm not good with that trigger warning type of shit. I don't know the right thing to say. I certainly do not want you to uh, be brought down a path that's gonna fuck you up mentally. Uh, if 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 there's if um, child abuse bothers you in a deep way. Uh, where it brings up past emotions and and it'll fuck up your life. Don't listen because this is a a lot of it is real to the extent that the child abuse definitely happened. Uh, We're going to be telling you a very far fetched story that involves child abuse. But the unfortunate part is that the child abuse did occur. Now, if did it occur in the insane ways that, that we're going to present to you very possible. A lot of this is very feasible in my mind, mm-hmm. but it, all I'm saying is if you are bothered by child, abuse, I mean, everyone's bothered by child abuse. I'm bothered by child abuse. We're really yeah. reading this shit. Fuck me up. It's not something I wanted to do. Well, the last Illuminati files, man, towards the end, I started getting ready to cry, man. It's fucking me up. <laughs> I hate that. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking mess, man. Uh, just turn it off. This isn't the one for you. If you're ready to get mind fucked by some shit that very likely happened right here in America with top government officials all the way to the tippity top to the White House, then hang on because we're about to start talking about it. Now, the Franklin motherfucking cover up is a book. Now, this all happened in Nebraska. It's centered around this charity called Boys Town. All right. It was a Catholic charity for orphans originally. Yeah. That's how it started out. And then as society progressed, like orphans aren't really a thing anymore. Mm. I mean, well, people get orphaned, but it's not the epidemic of the Great Depression where you you need an orphanage because so many kids in the area's parents have died. Mm. Right. So I can tell you want to say something about that, but that, that that's correct. You're wrong. Where do you work at? Where do I work at? Where's an orphanage at? There's one in Hot Springs. What's the name of it? It's, well, it used to be Hillcrest. I don't know what it's called. Compact now. Yeah. Is it called Compact Orphanage? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. <laughs> because they take in more than just orphans now. You know, you've got families that are still alive 
can't care for their kids. They get processed into the state a lot more than you used to. When the fucking Great Depression, let's say you were banging out whatever dust drugs they had back then, whatever fucking Wall Street failure opioid product that they had for you to cope with life in, and you didn't want to raise your kid anymore because you were high as fuck. Well, that wasn't an option. Yeah. Uh, but let's say you couldn't eat food and you just fucking sat there and died in front of your kid. That was way more likely. Yeah. So now you're dead and your kid still is alive. So someone's got to raise it. Nowadays, parents fucking die. Sure. But uh, also, if I just wanted to give up my fucking kid, you can do it. I could give. I could do it. And uh, Boys Town would be the facility for that. It would be like, uh, you know, if if my kid's 13 and they're acting an ass and I can't control it all and I'm working 80 hours a week, the relationship is just a crock of shit, they're going to Boys Town. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, It basically evolved from a strict orphanage to like a live-in YMCA type of shit. Uh, th- what's funny about Boys Town is it it runs entirely off. Of, I mean, this is just some church shit. It's Catholic. Runs entirely off of donations, so it's nonprofit, right? And so fundraising is often you. It's not like a church for fundraising because you wouldn't go door to door and say, "Hey, our church is collecting money for more communion wine and a trip to Dollywood." Yeah, but you. Could easily go door to door and say, hey, you know, Boys Town, that orphanage in town where we take in wayward youth and improve their lives. Well, we always need supplies. We need to make X, Y, and Z better for the kids. Could you do a donation? So Boys Town became the richest square mile in America. Then, because of having so much money, they've been accused of almost everything you can possibly imagine, especially with the Catholic Church involved. But they've actually been accused of just mainly being a money front. Because caring for kids, while it's expensive to the richest square mile in America and a place where almost unlimited money is coming in, the price of caring for 200 kids doesn't require that much, right? Mm, yeah. So they're, they're making a heavy profit is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Real Catholic church shit. They're buying robes, Rolls Royces. Nice socks. You ever seen a priest in some shitty socks, man? Fuck no. Yeah, they usually it's like they get donations and they do all this other shit. People will give them things, you know, whatever. But then also it's the Catholic Church. They've already got money, so. right? Exactly. It, well, but they're caking hard on on donations. And state though. funding. Uh, and boys, and there was a documentary. Yeah, correct. State funding too. I mean, there was actually a documentary about Boys Town before documentaries were the shit that they are now. That just kind of showcased the good that they do. And, uh, you know, for a while it was a legit good organization. And it probably still is. It's just a lot of seedy ties that get in there. And you can't keep anything morally pure forever, right? Uh, enter this guy, Larry King, not fucking old J-Dog interview. Snoop Dogg, tell me about the pussy. Did it feel wet? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Man, I think Larry King would do anything to have any type of moisturization to his fucking skin. The interviewer. Yes. He's dry. Dry as fuck. Dry as fuck, man. It's flaky and shit. Huge head. Man, he has looked dead since I remember seeing him. He just he keeps going, baby. He looks like a Mars Attacks. Yeah. Um, Larry King live tonight. Gosh. Have a fucking sit-down conversation with Richard Spencer. God, man. 
That guy is such a fucking pussy. Richard Spencer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what made me think of that. I think Larry King might just talk to him or something about Jesus Christ. What a fucking dork. He's that guy that you fucking hated in high school. Oh, dude, he's fucking Chadwick, Chad Smith the third. Man, he's a fucking boner to all the hot girls you yeah. had a crush on. You're yeah. like sitting in detention hall. You're like, God damn it, dude. I'm going bathroom to jack off to Polyworth McGoonahan or whatever. The <laughs> two fuck fucking f- two first names. Yeah. Um, it's Magoonaworth. Me, I don't even know what the Spencer. fuck that is. Yeah, we, we, we watched the um, documentary on Netflix that's about like modern day oh, yeah. white power shit, and uh, they they talked to Richard Spencer because he's a well known figure, and I guess what they call the alt right. Um, he's just a fucking all around dork, man. He's a white power guy, or. He calls it something like white separatist, but that's the same shit, right? It's the same Anyway, shit. I don't know enough about the politics to make an educated... He's a fucking racist asshole. Yeah, he's a racist asshole. But when they're talking to all the other racist people in this documentary, they're all just like country dudes. They're like, yep, you know what? I don't like them. How come? Well, you know, because I just don't. I'm a hardworking man. And Richard Spencer is like, I get nicely tailored suits because... That is what makes me feel more powerful. And when I feel more powerful in my nicely tailored suit that nobody else has, then I can go out into the world and make a strong impression. Like, how the fuck did you live this long? You don't like other races because you've gotten your ass kicked by every race throughout your entire life. And it will continue it'll continue <laughs> i like to watch him just get punched man yeah he's just it. such a dork he doesn't even have to be racist at all you would just see him and hear his voice and something deep within you would you know it's guide a, your fist to his chin it's like a guy that you know he's well to do he he's yeah. I mean, he doesn't look like a he doesn't look gross you know he, yeah but he's an asshole yeah and so it's just like but he he's can't got fight that back draw on his voice where, you know, you just tell people what's a fact. And when you tell them the fact, you stretch out the enunciation and say things in such a way that you know I've got a lot of time to sit around and talk longer because my father paid for all of our country club membership renewals this year. He just looks like a member of Death in June, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But they're good. <laughs> well, yeah, they are. I mean, that's good too. That so. guy writes a song. All right, man. So. <laughs> God Back to the dog shit of life. Larry King, the black Larry King. He is a black Republican leader. Now, that's significant at this time because you're talking about a George Bush senior era America. So that the 80s, this wasn't when I was alive enough to have an opinion of politics or know what the fuck was going on. But from what I understand, it was kind of like we have now where there was a lot of left and right racial gender back and forth biases and and grievances. So there was a lot of, well, the left is going to progress America into the future, but the right wants to hold on to all the money and shit on 
progress while getting rich. So having a black man that is well-to-do represent the Republican Party was a good look for the Republican Party. So everyone that was a Republican, without personally knowing him at face value, again, just because he is black and a Republican, they like him a lot. Well-spoken. Uh, he could sing real well. So he was well-liked within the uh, Republican community. Now, he fucking can sing, man. I watched a video of him singing. I was like, God damn He's got that uh, Aaron Neville type of voice. Yeah, man. Like, uh, if you come back with me, you know you're going to take long, dick. If you come back to my apartment, it's so long you might get sick. Got a big old whopper, and I got my special sauce. Now open up them buns, and we can put on some barbecue sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got a strong voice, too, man. I'll Shout out to the barbecue whopper, man. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> it's called the boss, right? Barbecue boss or uh, some shit like that. Oh, man. Radio <laughs> burger. Like, the oh, radio over. burger. Yeah. 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 That's right. I fucked up. a barbecue on down on between the gooch, man. That's a chodeo burger. I've been watching you all night, girl. You could call me a lurker. I'm going to saddle your fat ass up like a motherfucking rodeo burger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> the rest is it. Hey, I don't really agree with a lot of the fucking impersonations you do, but man, that was smooth. <laughs> you don't agree with a lot of the impersonations I do? Yeah, that Arnold Schwarzenegger shit is fucking killing me inside. Why? I don't know. Well, because it's good. You don't agree with it? I don't though? like talking. What does that mean? I don't like when he talks. I don't agree with an impersonation. <laughs> you don't agree with my impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, man. All right, anyway, so. Uh, yeah, he's just a good guy for the Republican Party to have around. He is a businessman. And uh, you know how you've always known a business doing, motherfucker? You don't know exactly the business that they're in. You just know that they're getting shit done. Like, they're well-dressed and they're just doing business. Like, what sort of business are you involved in? My business, motherfucker. I'm doing business. All right. Well, he ends up becoming the general manager of Franklin Federal Credit Union. And what Franklin Federal Credit Union is failing, it's not making money as a business. But what it is, is it's weird that it's in Nebraska, one, but it's in Omaha. And it's a credit union where the idea is that they will lend credit to not well-off families. So, you know, people of color in Nebraska who come from a, a lower income background that wouldn't be able to go to a normal bank and get a line of credit could go to Franklin Federal Credit Union and for a much higher interest rate, get the charity, which is not charity because you're paying a shitload of interest, but basically it's a need need on both ends. They need the credit. You as Franklin Credit Union want the interest money. So you'll make high risk loans to them on the idea that you're going to make back so much interest that evens out. Hmm. So that's, that's what's going on. It's a failing business. But when Larry King comes on board, he's friends with so many politicians. He starts tapping his database of network with politicians and local businesses. He begins fundraising for Franklin credit Union because it's, it's not a charity, but the idea is that again, it's helping out low income people, and it's helping them establish credit. So he is taking donations 
And he turns, it looks like he turns it around because like I said, it's a failing business when he became involved as general manager. But of course the entire time that he was raising the funds, uh, his, his salary is supposed to be $16,000 a year, but he turns up driving a fucking a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And all the while he's driving that expensive ass car, he spent another hundred thousand dollars on limo service for the year. Mm-hmm. So just driving himself around, spent fucking uh, ten thousand dollars on jewelry. Yep. And he's just stunting way too hard. They have four fucking houses. Four houses. I mean, all types. Three of shit. in the same goddamn town. Correct. And and it's like people smell it. But again, um, one thing he could say is that he's been involved in financial business before, yeah. so he could claim that it was from money that he had before. But he's making sixteen thousand dollars a year doing Franklin Federal Credit Union because it's basically like a a charity job on his part. And he's starting to ball out. Obviously, obviously, for anyone to see plain as day, is he's he's skimming the fucking money. So uh, to the tune of forty million dollars, he ends up swiping from Franklin Federal Credit Union, uh, which closed its doors as soon as the IRS investigated. I mean, that was the end of it. So that's a tragedy in that a, a service that did a fairly nice thing for a community had to completely shut down because they relied on this man to make the opposite of that happen. Now the credit union line got totally fucked. And uh, as a known thief, as uh, somebody who's doing weird shit already, the first sketchy relationship that Larry King is involved in, we can talk about is boys town. So again, this is not a good bank, right? So if you're a rich motherfucker, Franklin Credit Union is not where you would do your banking at. You would go to like Bank of America. Yeah. You would go to Wells Fargo. You would go to a goddamn regular bank, not a credit union, not a low income credit union. Again, Boys Town is the richest square mile in America. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars right here in Nebraska. Who do they bank with? Of course, Franklin. And on top of that, all the bookkeeping for Boys Town accounts could only be handled by the bookkeepers that were hired by Larry King. And then once a month when they would balance up all the books on their accounts, an official from Boys Town would come in and do it with them. Which is highly unprofessional for a bank. That's not yeah. normal fucking bank business. You even if you have a business, you know, you have your account, you track it, you would never go to the bank and look over your assets with the bookkeeper. Yeah. Not going to happen. Or the, the general manager of the bank. You're definitely not going to do that. Um, now, as soon as all this starts coming out about Larry King, something much more nefarious rears its head. Now, he's been accused for years by a few members of his community for child exploitation, um, pedophilia, for child prostitution, there are seven kids who are out accusing him of the most insane type of sexual acts you could ever imagine. Now, if you heard Illuminati Files 1, we talked about in Great Britain, TV host, well-known fucking celebrity, right underneath everyone's nose, using his power of celebrity going into children's homes 
and using that stardom that he had to take the kids out of the home, take them to sex parties on a boat in international waters, uh, abusing the kids at the home, bringing in other famous people to abuse the kids at the home. To me, it seems like at a certain point of having money and getting shit, power, there becomes a wall you hit where you've done all the crazy shit that you can. Yeah. And you just want to keep on pushing it. There's a reason why uh, sex, child sex trafficking is not really brought out to the public that much because there's so many people that are higher ranking that are, are, are involved in it. There are political officials. There are people with money. There are people that go, and it, most of it is is white old men that go over to Thailand or foreign countries and they're to the point where kids literally have a menu of what they they give them and say, you know, in American, like, this is what I can do for this amount of money. Yeah. And so they go to the cheaper places because, they, you know, it's a dollar. You could buy a dollar cheeseburger. That is rich people shit always. You know. But the cheaper one, I'll yeah. take that one. And then uh, over here, it's like, man, it's it, I think the attraction of doing something that's super fucking illegal and gross is is uh, the problem. And so it's it is harder to get away with it here but not by much man it's not really brought up that publicly i mean there was a guy not that long ago that was an official from i think missouri that was uh had got a kid off uh craigslist and the police showed up at the news crew oh yeah and, like at the at the hotel at right like hotel. the 13 yep yeah i do remember that doing cocaine and he's yeah because a, they they yeah i've seen that video where they fucking knock on the door he opens the door they're like you having fun in here he's like well yeah yeah it's like who else is in the yeah it yeah, yeah it's fucked. He's man. wearing a now you make me a sandwich shirt with like a Bible scripture on it. Oh god damn it! <laughs> Every time it's always an overcompensation. It's yeah. always the people who are out there pushing for like anti LGBT. I'm gonna say it wrong and be skewered, but it's LGBTQ, right? Yeah. Plus, there's a bunch. Yeah. yeah. I I mean it from a good place, uh, but yeah, the, for the, the people that are always fighting against that. Are always fucking men in bathrooms, buying male prostitutes. Never fails. It like is always the case. Every time, drug people pushing drug fucking heavy agendas. Yeah, always banging fucking meth. Just shit always happens. It's, well, a, it's, it's a like re- a gross overcompensation for trying to get away with your shit. It's a resale value. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first thing now again, I kind of led with this. When I say this shit, it's allegedly, uh, you, you basically have to decide whether you're going to believe kids or powerful adults. Um, all of these things, and the, like what Buddy is saying, what, what always happens is that n- none of this shit ever comes out and gets proven. It's hard to prove. That's why so much fucking rape goes unreported, because the burden of proof, it's like you can't. It's so hard to go before a governing body and sit down and say, here's what happened, X, Y, and Z. Okay, there's physical evidence of it happening as far as there being trauma, semen, bodily fluids exchanged, but there's no visual proof. You know, as bad as it sounds, it does become a case of he said, she said, and that it never plays out. For the defendant in court. Yeah. Um, But absolute fact, Larry King 
had a big fucking hand in Boys Town, not only with their banking at Franklin Federal Credit Union, but he was doing a lot of quote unquote volunteer work where he was take you know, he was trying to be a mentor is the thing. So he would come in and he did so much where he had groups of kids. Um, he had a, a, all by age. So he had like a group of three to six year olds. He had a group of eight and nine year olds, a group of 10 year olds, a group of 11 year olds and, and on up that had different names and they would do different things and they had different leaders, you know, and, and that would help the kids. Um, I say help, but it, that, that would be a way for the kids to get out of the home and go out and be you know, basically like some Boy Scout shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would give the adults that were involved in nefarious things ample alibi as to why they were with kids. Um, so he's doing this volunteer shit. He looks like an upstanding member of the community, but then the accusations start coming out. The first person to come forward is Paul Bonacci, and uh, he says to this day that he not only uh, was, was molested and brutally raped continuously by government officials, businessmen, priests, police officers, but that he helped this crew of people lure other boys to come into that ring of, of living by way of, you know, him man with this cool fucking party. These guys know how to party. They got drugs. They got liquor. It's fucking fun. You should come hang out. And he would be, I mean, that makes sense. They use him like a lure. They would cast him out. Well, they do would, that. Um, most traffickers do that kind of thing. Yeah. They usually have a kid that gets too old and they don't want, they're like, I, they're too old now. So what yeah. they do is, you know, Skype is a big thing. Like they'll Skype with kids and right. like, Hey, you want to meet me at this place? And then they'll, next thing you know, they're swiping kids up. So it's a, they've been doing that forever since the eighties, nineties. Yeah. You know, even before that. Yeah. Yeah. When Paul Bonacci first comes forward, about being molested, they immediately go to Father Valpero, who is the head of Boys Town. Uh, he and this is a they, his family hires a lawyer like right away as soon as he comes out about it. And uh, you know how it is, man. Being molested, um, it's a dark cloud. You feel shame. You feel yeah. guilt. It's not something for most people that's easy to just bring up. Yep. And then some someday you may feel comfortable enough to maybe tell your parents or tell an adult or an official. And when that happens, you know, a lot of your future depends upon what the reaction is. You know, it's a highly likely scenario, especially in the 80s, where your parents would not believe you, especially with an outlandish yeah. shit like this. But they hired a lawyer. The lawyer went right to Father Valpiro, uh, who internally investigated it. No police involvement whatsoever. He supposedly started his own team and they went out and looked into any type of molestation or wrongdoing amongst all age groups of the boys, all the different facets of the home. And I don't know how he could possibly do it. Uh, Carol Stift, and she's the foster care review board chairman, made a file about what Paul Bonacci said interviewed other kids that confirmed similar things that they had been taken by Larry King out of the orphanage and abused by him at various parties, condominiums and houses throughout town. She brought this to the chief of Omaha police. The Omaha chief of police didn't do shit. Of course, um, she very blatantly remembers. I mean, she's a professional woman, no reason to make anything up. 
blatantly remembers going in, delivering the file, having a conversation about it, and trying to follow up, and not getting anywhere, and then police, to this day, say that they never heard about it. She never took him any files. There because was, they were involved. Right. Correct. Correct. They were definitely involved, but uh, right there is proof towards that to me, because this is, again, a professional woman whose entire job is to look after foster kids. This is a review board chairman. And I looked up exactly what that would entail. And that's somebody who is in charge of getting kids from a home into a permanent home through foster care. So if you're in an orphanage and you're like eight or nine, you're young and you want to be adopted by a family and not live in an orphanage, a lot of times the first step would be a foster home. So there's a lot of intricate parts involved because we're talking about the safety and well-being of a child as well as parents. You just want to make sure everything flows smoothly. So the boss of every moving part of this thing is who Carol Stift is. Now, she's not going to make up that she took police fucking accusations. She's not going to make that up. What usually happens, man, is once an investigation goes underway, the kid will go to a shelter, not necessarily a foster home. So, like, like a place that works as a shelter. So, while they're under an investigation, they try to put a kid somewhere where it's not the home, but it's not foster care. But they have people watching them, you know. And so, what they do is, uh, as they're doing the investigation, the kid stays in that place. But if they if they went straight to a foster home, I mean, that's kind of sketchy, you know. That's right. Like, if they went straight there, then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and she turned it all over again, and police deny that they ever got the report, which to me screams of bullshit. Uh, and again, what we try to do when we're talking about conspiracy theory shit is I just try to, I'm trying to, I try to be middle of the road yeah. and read it out like I would a crime because, um, th- there's no way of knowing how far shit goes. And it's not like I'm talking about some fucking other race being genetically superior. You know, it's not yeah. that type of conspiracy theory. It's, it's some sick shit. Um, Alan bear, he owns several popular department stores in Nebraska and Peter, Citroen, I'm not saying it right. Peter Citroen is a writer for the Omaha World Herald, which is a weird name for a newspaper in Omaha, Nebraska. Anyway, but he's their head writer. They are also implicated in all this by Paul Bonacci. And what he says is basically, I mean, those are the three richest people in town, essentially. And they are throwing wild sex parties. They're tying kids up and doing a lot of drugs. So um, it's right around this time. Um, that the IRS gets wind of what's fucking this dude spending a hundred thousand on liminos, 10 million on jewelry. Uh, Franklin gets raided on April 11th, 1988. And of course they find out that Larry King had stolen the $40 million. Uh, fast forward to November of 1988. The implications of child abuse went hand in hand with this whole thing because when the IRS came in, to investigate what was going on with Franklin Credit Bureau. Basically, the same, um, like, Carol Stift and these people that were investigating Larry King for child abuse went straight to the government, you know, right to the IRS. The IRS sent him to the FBI, and the FBI sent him to the State Board of Investigating. So now Nebraska um, is set up a, a commission to look into the shit. And that is headed by State Senator Lauren Schmidt. He is an old school guy. He was a farmer, a Republican, you know, super rooted in like Christian values. And as a farmer, he is the type of senator that's deeply rooted in local business, 
You know, he basically, I mean, it's Omaha is a big ass city, especially for like the Midwest, like Nebraska, but he's, he's connected to the whole roots of the thing. Um, and when he hears about it, uh, it's a skeptical ear, but the more he reads about it, the more things start to stack up to him like they are for us. And he is gravely concerned about it because a lot of people implicated by Paul Bonacci and the other kids that have come forward with him that are anonymous at this point, uh, are people that he knows. And he starts to think like, okay, if these people were not involved then he, he owes them and the state, uh, the, the opportunity to prove that it didn't happen. It's, he's a good lawmaker, which is fucking rare. So he pushes hard for it. Um, and as soon as he brings it to, um, the Senate floor and they start investigating it. He basically announced that he's going to investigate. He receives a phone call on the floor of the legislature that says Senator Schmidt says, yep. They say, uh, it sounds like you're investigating into Larry King. He says, yes, I am. And the voice says, you should not do that. He says, well, why wouldn't I do that? And it's uh, they say, well, uh, he's, he's been taken care of by the IRS. Anything outside of that, doesn't need to be looked at by anybody else if you know what's good for you. So what do you mean what's good for me? It's, do you value your life? And uh, hung up on him. You know, he tried to find out who it is. There's no way to trace the phone call back. Uh, and that is when it became basically a pedophile-centered investigation. I mean, Lawrence Schmidt really pushed it after that. And that led to the Boys Town investigation. So uh, the, the, there's no way for Lawrence Schmidt now because... Uh, the lady has gone to the police. Um, Carol Stift has gone to the police. They say that they didn't receive anything from her. So he is able to see the line where the files that he has, he sent them to police. They sent them to the FBI. No one's doing anything about it. So he has to go outside of the law, the traditional law. And he goes with a, a licensed investigator. Um, he hires. I put my fucking hand right. stuff. Larry Corrado. Uh, who's like a well-known investigator. Um, the guy is very successful. Um, he's, I guess, accredited, you know, like if you're an investigator, there's certain steps and also your reputation. You know, people know that you're, he's like, he's like also an ex cop. He's a reporter. Um, he's not just some fucking whack job. If you think of a, pr- a private investigator, like on the big Lebowski, that fat dude that was following him around in his yeah. car, just some fucking dork breathing heavy in a car and driving behind somebody. No, it's like a legit investigator. That's what the guy does. Um, Paul Bonacci is the first person that Larry talks to. So what Larry decides to do after reading the files is pretty smart to me. Um, before anyone has the ability to corrupt or before these kids have the opportunity to intermingle. Also, none of these kids know each other. Yeah. Um, some, because there's, there's two boys from boys town, they're different ages and there's a girl involved. That's, uh, not for boys town. Oh, I'm sorry. My fucking neck's fucked up. That's just in the same city and has been involved in this shit. So they don't know each other. Yeah. And so as an investigator, obviously your mind would look like, okay, well, the first thing we can do is take the people involved, sit down and speak with them when they haven't had a chance to corroborate with one another, not put them in the same room. And that's what he does. He sets up a video camera and he interviews the kids on what happened right away. So Paul Bonacci goes on camera, talks about his abuse. Um, he says that Peter Citron was there for a lot of it. He had been 
uh, abused from 8 to 13, and now he's 15, that he's come out and they're using him, like you were talking about, how they get too old and they use him to recruit. They're yeah. using him to recruit now. Um, so uh, as as uh, he was coming along, he says that Peter Citroen was the worst of all of them because sexually his lust for torture just grew. Yeah. So with the kid getting older, he he got into some S&M shit with Paul Bonacci. Um, Paul talks about how they would go into a room and um, he would get tied up and King would be in the room watching and having a great time jacking off. And uh, Peter Citroen would be there basically tying him up and raping him and finding different ways to uh, torture him. You know, I mean, that's what you're doing. Basically they're paying. They're also giving him money, giving him drugs, but to a 13 year old, I mean, there's no consent there that would make sense ever. And just because they, I think they feel like they're paying him off. So he wants to do it in the, in the real world. That's a child endangerment for the drugs. Yeah. And then also, you know, rape. Yeah. It's 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 flat out rape. And then on top of the embezzlement and all that other shit that goes along with it, it's just a, it's, it's fucked up, man, but it does happen. And the thing is, is the reason why people get away with it for such a long time when they're higher up and they are involved themselves in like um, foster homes or shelters or whatever else is because there's a high turnover rate amongst the clients that are in that place because they go through trauma. So they send them off to a mental hospital. Yeah. They send them, you know, so you're not going to see those same kids. But the thing that these dumb fucks don't know is that eventually a lot of these kids meet up with some of the people they met at a different home because they get put you know, in different places, whether it's jail or mental institution or another home, they're going to, they're going to see him again. They're going to remember that time. And they expect them not to remember each other's names. Yeah. And that's what's so fucking dumb is that they may, there's a lot of scatter. There's when it comes to trauma and kids, there's a lot of things that involve like being scatterbrained and not remembering everything and all that stuff. But those kids always remember names and they always remember the people that they deal with in those places. Yeah, I mean, your mind wants to shut out terrible things that happen to yeah. you. you. It's like any time that you're involved in something that's jarring and traumatic, even just a car wreck, like minute details will always get pushed by the wayside because your brain and body, like you you know that you don't want to remember being tortured. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that you have to fight through to, to remember. Uh, the next child that's coming forward and speaking with Larry Carrado on video very fucking unfortunate name, Troy Boner. <laughs> Is it Bonner or Boner? Oh, it's Boner. One in. You're classic. Boner. Couldn't be anything else. Um, man, that's an unfortunate name to be a victim yeah. of molestation. You don't want the name Boner, first of all. Second of all, you don't want to be tied up in this shit. And a lot of this shit's going to fall back on this kid. This kid is basically going to be a wrench in the whole fucking thing. So, of course, aptly named Boner. Uh, what was the fucking growing pains? Yeah. Mike Seaver, he had a friend named Boner. That was so funny to me as a kid. Because uh, that was like a show that was on before we were. Yeah. It was before our time, essentially. Like, they were teenagers when I was like two or three. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But they would yeah. show reruns of it. And uh, I just wa- I wonder if they try to sneak it in because they didn't think that kids and parents of the late 70s or early 80s or whatever would understand the implication of the word boner. Uh, and so they tried to just fucking sneak it in and call this kid boner. 
But uh, goddamn, I would. Love, that was the only thing about that show that I liked is that they would just fucking flat out say boner on TV. Yeah. What a hilarious fucking word. Boner's a good time. How did uh, <laughs> where did that even come from? Like, uh, man, I got myself a boner. Cause she gets hard as a boat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it looks, looks like, like a dog toy, man. Oh yeah, my god, dude. Yeah, that's a real boner. You, you ever know? had a boner in front of your dog and been like, man? Because they look at you all sideways. They get that sideways look. They're like, it's a chew toy. And you're like, man, get away from my dick. <laughs> oh man, what if dog just leapt up and gave it a fucking, just fucking chat? Oh. <laughs> um, now, Troy Boner, seventeen year old at a time. He is involved this other guy named Alan Bear, who's a big time businessman. And he would say something. He said something. He didn't know Paul Bonacci outside of this. So one of the first things that Troy Boner brings up that I find very interesting is immediately that they use him to recruit other kids. He's 17. Again, they don't know each other. And this guy, Alan Bear is uh partners with Larry King they pay him for sex and they use him to bring in other kids so Troy is like a cool kid 17 years old earrings that type of fucking rebellious jacket over the shoulder look going out there and talking other kids into coming to parties with them now Troy story is fucked up Um, he Obviously, to me, just looking at the way that he speaks, went through some shit with them. He talks about, um, he talks about several different instances. Uh, I watched the documentary um, about the Franklin cover-up book. Now, an interesting thing about the documentary that's out, it is called "The Conspiracy of Silence." It was supposed to air on the American Discovery Channel in 1994, but Discovery was paid $500,000 by a group of senators to not air it. They didn't, but they were going to air it in Great Britain. And then the same thing happened there. It was bought. The tape was taken away. And, uh, I mean, that sounds dicey. I don't know if that's a fucking 100% fact because it's resurfaced now. I think it's come out within, like, the last three years is when it's popped up online. And it's a grainy, shitty movie. Um, It doesn't seem like the Discovery Channel produced it i mean i guess it could have because it's like 80s tv but i don't know man i have a hard time buying all that there's no trail of evidence that connects it to it but the fucking thing is about uh this franklin cover-up but troy is who you have to look at sits there now i feel like if i'm watching tv and it's like a dramatic fucking retelling of a story. If someone's full of shit, I feel like nine times out of ten, I can tell. They get like a look in their face and an unsure nature. You can tell that they've rehearsed it. Troy, most of the video footage is compiled just from him talking to the investigator, not made for the film. And when he's speaking to the camera, it's very direct. Uh, it seems like he's ashamed of what's happened. And there's some things that I'll get into in a minute that he's talked about that, um, you know, would be hard for anyone to talk about. And it doesn't seem like he's faking it at all. Uh, And then there's Alicia Owen. She's a 15-year-old girl, doesn't know the two boys. That's why she's being interviewed by Larry. Uh, She also describes being involved heavily in bondage. She doesn't bring up any of the recruiting things, but she does talk about uh, Larry King, Alan Bear, 
and how they would uh, have like straight sex parties and they would have gay sex parties and she would often be tied up and abused in ways she said felt like were a ritual. Yeah. Um, you know, so you could take that ritual shit for what it's worth. Yeah, I don't know, man. The the thing about whenever, uh, what's real hard about uh, people that go, th- kids that go through things like this is it's hard to tell whether or not they're lying because they interpret it differently. Usually if somebody's lying, you know, their eyes will roll to the right side of their brain, which is your creative side, you know, like all that shit. Right. So it's like a, it, but the way they interpret it might be real to them, but, you know, as the story goes on, maybe so. Well, yeah. what you find, not in this case, but in a lot of cases, especially like Satanic Panic, which I'll talk about my theory about Satanic Panic, the daycare, um, that was like the biggest fucking hogwash. Michelle says. Frame job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest fucking over the top frame job in history. Clear bullshit. Yeah. Um, what, the, what they do with the kids is they hypnotize them, right? So they, they take these kids... And they sit them down, and hypnotizing somebody is just a power suggestion. Yeah. I mean, hypnotizing someone is total bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's just what happens is that you take somebody and you put them in a scenario where you know how to basically use a fucking sleight of hand to manipulate them to say what you want them to say or do what you want them to do. So you'll have them uh, in, a, in an environment that you created to do this particular thing. So when they step into the environment, they know that they're supposed to do this. They agree to do it. They come to do it. They allow themselves to be open to the experience. And then you talk them through it. So you basically walk them through bringing up total bullshit and you can make them say almost whatever you want to, because now they're in that fucking moment. They're going to agree to do almost anything. Not hard to do with a kid. Not hard at all to do with a kid. That's the entire point. Um, so we, we, uh, we'll get to that later in this fucking story. Um, twin towers, luxury apartments is important because that is where all three kids, again, they're not connected to each other. No, these three kids are not friends. They all say, Twin Towers Luxury Apartments is where they have private rooms that Larry King, Alan Bear, uh, and everyone else involved, Peter Citron, are taking kids to, having sex parties, senators, policemen. Uh, So that's another thing that raised a big fucking red flag for me, is how could three kids have such similar stories, unconnected, and then... I can see ways that that could happen. Power suggestion, uh, rumors. You know, there could be yeah. a rumor out there. Well, those kids are in the system, man. They hear everything about every place they right. go to. Correct. Know? So that, that that could be a rumor. Um, that could be. I'm just saying these are the things that could be. It could all be um, orchestrated stories that were passed down person to person, made their way to these three kids specifically. But what makes that different in my mind are where specific details start to click together. If they all three say we recruited kids with cocaine to come to the twin tower apartments for a sex party. That's too specific from three different people to be a coincidence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, when Paul Bonacci is thinking back on all the shit that's happened to him, one of the things that I, I thought were, important to bring up um, as something that's, that had a ring of truth 
Uh, number one, because physically, so he's 15. He describes one party they were at to. They were tied up. Uh, King is watching, jerking off. And there's another man in the room. And Paul wants to know who he is. King said he's a police officer, so do whatever he wants to. And he says that the cop shoved anal beads up his ass. Describes the anal beads. Now, there's no internet in the fucking 1980s, right? Yeah. 15 years old. I mean, there is, but it's not like it is now. Well, there's, you couldn't, a 15 year old non privileged kid is not going to be able to get online yeah. and look something up. Nope. So to me, uh, knowing what fucking anal beads are. Anal beads aren't even going to be on the internet back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know what the fuck they were until I was 18 or 19. Yeah. Watch, I watched the porn and it was like, why the fuck is this lady pulling a big necklace out Man, of her ass? Man, one time I fucking snuck underneath my mom's bed, you know, cause like, oh, no, my grand, my grandparents, <laughs> they fucking let my mom in my, like let my mom live in the same room as me, which is so weird. But she had that, uh, remember whenever the, that cherry spice, the spice girl that had, that was in the playboy or whatever. Yeah. I found that shit underneath her bed and I was like, wait, man, this is cool. There's tits in it. Right. <laughs> well, I, th- I saw this fucking thing and I was like. I turned it on and I was like, man, it's all, this is a massager. It was a silver bullet. Oh no. And of course I was like, I'm just going to put this in my mouth. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> no, man, I did. I don't I didn't know why I was like eight. I didn't know. I mean, it didn't taste weird. I mean, it did. Oh my fucking God. I mean, I know my mom didn't have the best hygiene. I mean, it, it, I didn't go like put it up to my face and go, man, this stinks. I'm yeah. at an absolute loss with how to proceed with the rest of my fucking life from this moment on. So know, you man. fucking crammed your mom's vibrator in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I tried to read. Holy shit. And I looked at tits while I was doing it. Yeah. Well, tits are cool. That's nothing out of yeah, the ordinary. That's, weird. that's regular. Man, uh, the brief time. To, I don't have anything that compares to that ever in my life. That's the worst thing. I don't know what the fuck it was. Man, she yeah, had, I mean, it's not your fault. It's she just had me absolutely she, fucking yeah, absurd. Oh, stupid. That is a great reminder to me to put all fucking sexual objects put them in a way the box. fuck away. Yeah, I mean, Jesus she, Christ, hey, One time my mom thought it was funny that me and Seth, me and my friend Seth were outside fucking blowing up condoms. She gave us condoms to blow up like balloons and we just left them out in the yard. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm not used? No, not used, of course. Not used. Because, you know, the dogs would be going wild in the neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God damn it, Yeah, dude. man. I mean, you know, what the hell? <laughs> that's my fucking argument for people that are like, don't sterilize people. It's like, sterilize them. Yeah, your mom should not have been allowed to Could have saved me kid, and my brother a life of pain. <laughs> Come the back. only fucking adjacent story I have to that is that, uh, I mean, you know what? I, I got a close, but not, I mean, it's not close because nothing went in my mouth. Uh. But, you know, I lived with my mom for like close to, a, like not quite a year, right? And so uh, one day they were gone and I was just like rifling through shit like you do. Yeah. You know, you got to look around, see the fucking landscape, dig through fucking everything in the house, know what's going on. And I found their box of weird sex shit, but I had no idea what the fuck it was because there was a silver bullet, but I'd never seen one of those before. But it was inside of like a fucking dolphin cock ring thing. It was like a dolphin, but a cock ring. And now I know what it is, but then I had no fucking clue. So, but, but it was in a box where there was like three porn 
videos. And so I knew it was something fucked. So I didn't like go grabbing that shit. But there was like a pocket pussy in there. Yeah. And uh, I stuck a finger in it, you know, which uh, my mom's fucking husband would definitely fuck that thing. But I didn't, you know, like the logistics of all that going on. Like, you don't process that. But I wanted to see... You didn't taste your mom's pussy, though. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I didn't fucking... I didn't go down the same path. But, yo, then uh, the, the the videos that they had, dude, I put one on. It's this dude called Max Hardcore, who I think is still making porn. Yeah. Man. That's he's not, a little fucking torturer. Yeah, man. he's old. And he just was like... I, I I had never heard the word cunt Got before. Got a crew cut. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was like mustache. balding. He's just old and gross. I had never heard the word cunt before, like yeah. ever. Like, not, not that it's like a fucking, oh my God, I just had never heard it. I didn't know exactly what it meant. But so, like, he picks these fucking girls up and he's just talking shit to them. He's just like, oh yeah, look at these fucking pigs walking around. What are you fucking sluts doing? You're some fucking sluts, aren't you? Let's come back to my place, you fucking pigs. And they come back with him and he's like, starts getting fucking dumb from these two girls. And uh, this is when I shut it off because I was just like, what the fuck? It, like, there's a full body scan up. It's like, you know, beautiful porn women. And yeah. then this 65 year old, hairy, sweaty fucking guy. And it like panoramas, right? And it's his fucking face. And it's like got that shit where he's going bald only on the top. It's like a horseshoe hair. Yeah. But it's like all the way skin bald on fucking top. And he just goes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're two cock sucking cuts. That's why I was you retire from the military. That was it for me. I was like, yeah, I get it. That's once you retire from the military, that's your next job. Being a porn star? <laughs> yeah. Like a drill sergeant? Being a fucking drill that's crazy, sergeant? crazy, man. <laughs> so when you see things like from that, you're drill like, sergeant, that's what drill women sergeant. like? And then so you're just like, hey, I'm attracted to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're eight yeah. and you're like, you're a cut. Yeah, you like, fucking cocksucking cut. Yeah, wow. Terrible experience. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I that story... It's so like if I would have told the story about sticking a finger inside yeah. my stepdad's pocket pussy uh, an hour ago, it would have been shocking. Yeah. But it fucking is a speck in the universe of you putting your mom's vibrator into your mouth. Man, there's another one, though. <laughs> one time my mom was going to drop me off at the skate park and she was like, here, you need some change for the pool because it was like a community thing. She's like, here, take. So she like they had like an old Nissan truck or you had to like pull the seat up forward but it was like a two-seater but it was all connected okay. pull it up and she's gonna get some quarters but there was a fucking double header in the back <laughs> and she was like oh shit like trying to cover it up and i was like what the fuck i don't want these quarters you know so like a big piece with fucking two heads on the end Dude, like he, one that women the size of my together. arm man <laughs> like the, the kind that is made for scissoring or doing the old fucking kentucky u <laughs> Kentucky, you. Are you sure? The butt you in the a, bed. Oh, no. You playing horseshoes, you know what I'm saying? Dude, your anyways, mom is horny. She was wild. Well, anyways, <laughs> I was like, I, my friend was like, hey, man, I'm a, is it cool if I come stay at your place? I'm like, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm thinking like, my mom definitely is so dumb that she didn't goddamn hide that shit. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go back out in the car later on. My stepdad <laughs> hunted, so he had all these fucking like animal skulls and like deer heads and shit. I fucking got some gloves because my mom was trying to be a phlebotomist at the time. A phlebotomist? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I grabbed a goddamn uh, glove and put it on. I grabbed that fucking dill hammer and shoved it in the eye of a deer. And so when they came in from work, <laughs> that old boy was flopping around out of its eye. Man, what the fuck is a phlebotomist? Like a, someone a person that draws, that draws blood? blood? Yeah. Your mom was trying to do that? She tried to practice. Well, she didn't try. She practiced on me. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah. 
Why the fuck? I mean, your mom doesn't work. Has never worked. Why? How did that? I, mean, I wanted this. I, all right. So I hate to break away from fucking if y'all ever child wanna. rape, but why the fuck? What happened in your life? Oh, man, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> hey, man, if y'all ever want to meet my mom, there's a bar called The Frontier in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Just oh, uh, she's there for head sure. on there, man. You'll know. <laughs> you'll you'll know. You'll know. You'll man. know. You'll de- I mean, de- if you, yeah, you'll know right yeah. the fuck away, man. It's like she looks, she's a kid rock music video living, man. Living, mm. man. All right, so <laughs> let's get back to the fucking child torture and rape. Boner. Again, says a lot of things. This is the most convincing to me. Uh, he's got these scars on his arms that are definite burns, uh, and there's a definite lot of cigarette burns. Now, that could be self-inflicted, but there's, in particular, these burns uh, where they said that they would play this fucking game, and it, it seems like it would be easy to talk a teenage boy into doing it. So what they're doing is they're taking him. And they, they put him in a line and they say, we want to see how fucking tough you are. Like, who's the toughest of you guys? And they'd make him put their forearms together in front of their body. And they would drop cigarettes on their arms and see how long they would sit there for. And uh, while they were doing it, he noticed that they were jacking off behind him. Hmm. So Got to put that fire out. But the, I, bring, I, bring it, I bring it up because of the scars. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has them on his arms. Yeah. So. That just corroborates the story for me. Uh, He said some... I had to bring this up because he said that they they had sexually assaulted him with squash. Yeah. Now, another thing he says that uh, they all three corroborated again, independent of knowing each other, is that everything was filmed, which uh, is a classic telltale sign of, of a rich person or a government official abusing somebody because the person orchestrating it, like Larry King would be filming it for blackmail, right? Well, so in the previous episode, Jimmy Seville or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Seville. Yeah, I mean, those if the Illuminati's real, they're doing this shit. I mean, ritualistically, it is about, you know, you're going to get your power from having sex with kids. That's Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's filmed for gratification, but also the fucking blackmail aspect yeah. of it too. That's the thing with Larry King is how was he able to raise $40 million because again, the Franklin federal credit union was a failing business. He didn't earn $40 million through Franklin to steal through Franklin federal credit unit. It was money he raised that he yeah. kept. So how was he able to raise that much money? Now I'm sure that he did. He again, black Republican uh, of the year, uh, but, but, but you don't have that type of resources. No one's going to donate that much to you. Unless you got some fucking blackmail. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Franklin Federal Credit Union needs a donation from you, Senator. Uh, You don't want the public to find out about these videos, right, Senator? So we will take a hearty $1 million donation from you. That seems like a very fucking logical scam to me. Um, the, The kids all also three say independently of each other that they would get drugs from Larry King. They all got drugs from Larry King. That's who they put the drugs in the hands of, cocaine opiates, fucking pot, anything. Uh, Boner said that they would pay him to do things, which, of course, you know, is like basically them trying to circumvent their guilt, I'm guessing. He said that Larry King in specific would pay him to shit and piss on him, which he liked because he hated the guy and he wanted to fucking shit on him. That makes sense to me. Um, Now, 
as this shit starts to come out, right? So the Senate is investigating all this shit. The investigator is compiling evidence to turn into the committee that is brought forth by the Senator. It gets picked up by the media. Now in Omaha, the newspaper, Omaha world Herald, Peter Satan has been implicated in the whole thing. He's in charge of what comes out in the newspaper. So what they do is they just shit on all the victims and come up with ways in the newspaper. Why these teenagers would be lying about what happened to them. Yeah. Now you couldn't do that today, which, uh, you know, you could say a lot about quote unquote PC culture, um, being too sensitive about things, trigger warnings, shit like that. Uh, well, that's why that shit exists. Uh, because you can't start, you can't scrutinize a victim like that. You know what I mean? No. You, and that is a one positive thing that's come out of that movement, you know, is that you, you don't, you know, I don't believe that you need to believe every victim. If someone tells you some outlandish fucking story, you got to look at it objectively. Yeah. But today, like, could you imagine 2018 if someone came out and said, uh, you guys know how Louis C.K. was closing the door and jacking off in front of girls? Well, at the same time, he would tie this fucking kid up and burned his feet and came in his fucking eye sockets. If the kid was doing anything wrong legally, they would not be allowed to print that in the paper, right? Yeah. Like, you couldn't shit on the kid. Um, once that started coming out in the paper, the FBI sealed everything that they had, and they told the senator that the commission had to report everything directly to the FBI, not to the media, not to the rest of the commission, directly to the FBI. Now, the FBI starts talking to the kids that the investigator has been interviewing, they tell Boner flat out, these things did not happen. This is not the type of thing that happens. Nobody was ritually sexually abusing you. You weren't getting tied up. You weren't doing drugs with these well-to-do people in town. And if you go ahead with this, it's such a crazy fucking story that when you're on trial, you're going to get charged with perjury. You're going to federally face jail time for lying in a courtroom because you're lying. Uh, Troy Boner was scared of that prospect, so he fucking backed out. He was afraid of getting charged with perjury, and he recanted everything that he said. Yeah. So mm. Alicia Owens, not the same. They threatened her with perjury. She said, "I'm. it's not perjury. I'm not lying. This is the absolute 100% truth. I'm not going to change my fucking story. And the FBI is super frustrated by this. And I heard the recorded phone call. Uh, it's on the fucking documentary where they FBI had Troy call Alicia Owens to try to get her to recant her statement. So they sit Troy down, record the phone call. The beginning of the phone call that's recorded legally has to be like this. It says this is the FBI recording of this. Then they have Troy call her, and Troy's like, you know, you're full of shit. That didn't happen. And she's like, what are you talking about? Why are you saying this? Yeah. Why are you making this shit up? And she's like, are you, are you like, being recorded? What the fuck's going on? Why are you trying to make me say this? And uh, she won't do it. FBI, <clears throat> you know, can't admit that into evidence um, for 
Troy, but it's going to come up to shit on her in a big way. Uh, they use intimidation tactics on everybody. Um, Larry Caraday, whatever the fuck I said his name was. My handwriting sucks in this one. Uh, the investigator, the main investigator, right? So they start intimidating him. Uh, he's he's threatened in anonymous letters, getting threatening phone calls at his house. He's got an eight-year-old son. He's got a wife. They're being threatened. Uh, their vehicles have been tampered with. Their brake lines have been cut. There's been shit shoved in their tailpipes. Uh, they've Starters have been removed, so the car won't start. It'll skip the start. So they think there's going to be a bomb planted in their car. Uh, Larry and his son decide to uh, fly his private jet to see the Chicago Cubs play a game. The fucking jet mysteriously crashes on the way back, uh, right in the middle of this shit. Yeah. Uh, now, that, that could happen, you know? That happened to fucking... Randy Rhodes. Well, that's not the to... only case. There's a senator that had a briefcase uh, full of information about child pedophilia within political movements, and then uh, it blew up and crashed. Yeah, so it's not like playing Rick's happened. Happened to Randy Rhodes, yeah. happened to Buddy Holly, happened to fucking Leonard Skinner. You know, it happens. Yeah. Playing Rick's happened. But the wreckage of this fucking plane was scattered across almost two miles of area, which indicates that the plane exploded in the sky. So if it would have just crashed into the earth, it would have all been in one area except for projectile to fucking wreckage. Uh, it had been rifled through by the time the FAA got there. Uh, the belongings were gone. His wife confirmed that he had definitely taken his briefcase with him. He wouldn't go anywhere without it. Not there. Uh, any of their luggage wasn't there, but most of the possessions that their wife saw them leave with were all gone, which, uh, even in a two mile radius in the middle of nowhere, the FAA would have certainly been able to find any of that shit all gone. Uh, the FBI within 24 hours of the plane wreck impounded all records of the investigation from his wife and his office. That is fucked yeah. to me. I mean, they make his widow, they go into his house, they pull out all of his records 24 hours after the man died. Um, Larry's widow, Sandy, is scared of shit, obviously. I mean, she's lost her son. She lost her husband. She's still being threatened. Um, Troy Boner, the kid that recanted, now says that he will go back on the record and risk the perjury charge because he owes it to Sandy because he get, this guy got killed over what he was saying. And so now he's going to go ahead and come say it. So as soon as he comes out and says that, a month later, Troy's older brother, Sean, is killed via gunshot in a quote-unquote accident. Yeah. What the fuck? That's typical CIA shit. That's real shit, too. I mean, that's a, certif that's a fact. I saw it in the documentary. I looked it up to see if it actually happened. Absolutely. Yeah. The kid fucking died. Yep. Central Intelligence Agency has a uh, very different way of, of doing things because it's like you can, they, they've got, uh, you know, you hear that old saying like, you know, a page that's not in the book. Th those are real dudes. I mean, they exist. Yeah. You know, there's people that are nefarious and they do what they have to do to keep things covered up. I mean, around the same time period is whenever Nick Rogla Contra conflict was going on, the crack epidemic happened and that yeah. was a conspiracy in and of itself. Yeah. We're going to get into that a little bit tonight too. Oh, are we? Just okay. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the big thing in the government right now is the, uh, Iran Contra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so Troy ends up testifying against Alicia, uh, right after this, Nebraska dismisses the legislative case. Senator Schmidt 
is fucking devastated by this because again, he's an upstanding fucking member of the community, Christian Republican fucking well-to-do type of motherfucker. And he just put so much time and effort and they're basically calling him a liar and taking a dump on his life's work, essentially something that he went to bat for, you know, ruined his reputation. Uh, Alicia Owen, 1999 gets fucking charged with perjury. She gets sentenced to 25 years for fucking perjury in Nebraska. That's the second longest woman sitting in jail in Nebraska right now. Uh, they obviously did this to send a message to the other victims. Don't speak out. This is what's going to fucking happen to you. Yeah. This is a severe, severe charge for perjury. There's no, like, that's beyond comprehension for, I mean, perjury is like, uh, fucking six months in prison, you know, yeah. 25 years. Larry King, uh, around this same time had to be sentenced for stealing $40 million, 15 years in prison. So he steals $40 million from essentially a charity, 15 years. Alicia Owen sticks by her story of getting sexually abused by this group of people. 25 years in prison. Yep. What the fuck? Uh, John DeCamp is who wrote the book. Uh, he was a state senator. He became the kids' lawyers pro bono. As soon as he did, his family nonstop received threats. Uh, as he took over the case, he started putting more and more information that hadn't come out out. He refuses to abide by the FBI having to be privy to all information, and that deal was with somebody else anyway. Uh, what... Peter and Peter and Boner. What a fucking couple of shitty names to have for this case. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, they go into depth about how, you know, when they're involved in it, it's hard for them to get out because they're traveling a lot, you mm -hmm. know, they're partying a lot. And so when he says, finds out traveling a lot, then it comes up that they've been going to Washington, D.C. Uh, they've been going to fucking... Iowa, they've been going to the middle of America. They've been going to military bases to these fucking wild parties. And the, the, the parties are fun up until the sex part, you know? Yeah. And so they are partying with rich people and, you know, they're being told that this is a grooming process that all rich people go through. Like they're going to be rich and powerful themselves. That's what they all do. That's just part of it. Uh, they go on a fucking uh, White House tour in the middle of the goddamn night. Um, what the fuck, man? My, sorry, my brain's a piece of shit today. I'm not used to doing this so early. Um, Paul Bonacci. I just forgot his fucking name. Too many names. Too many names. Paul Bonacci uh, has some really damning evidence to me because he was able to go to Washington, D.C., point out three to four houses of senators on site, guide people to them, say this is whose house it is. Like, how the fuck would he know that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, he went on a midnight White House tour confirmed by a Secret Service agent who absolutely remembers wondering why the fuck a teenage boy was touring around the White House with fucking Larry King in the middle of the goddamn night. Mm -hmm. What it the fuck? just goes to show you that uh, you're not going to... I mean, you might make some money. You might be able to be, you know, whatever. But, like, if you're not... You're fucked. Yeah. If you got all the money and you can do whatever, you're in control. That's period. That's fucking it. Yeah. 
And nobody's ever going to pay you enough for the work you do. You're always going to get shit on. And then whenever something happens to you by some rich fucking dumbass, he, they got the money. And they're going to they're gonna fuck you. Yeah, they can do whatever they want to to you. Yep. Because they've got more than you. Yep. All right, so now, this shit starts to take a big turn. Um, Paul Bonacci brings up this name, Craig Spence, and says that he was prostituting him out while he was in Washington, D.C. Now, legitimate case broken by the Washington Times. Craig Spence uh, was an AIDS patient when the story started to break. He had the largest callboy service in the Capitol. He earned an estimated $1 million a year selling adults for sex, not any mention of underage kids. Uh this is a $1 million a year company. There's got to be a lot of moving parts. I think he was also involved in the the yearly Bohemian Grove meetup, too, because they had a lot of gay porn stars. Spence? And, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so, but this, uh, this is what I know from this particular case. Uh, the, the government found out about this shit. Through the Washington Times. Now, they Washington Times was able to go in and through looking at canceled checks and looking at credit cards that had been charged through Craig Spence's files, figure out that there were high-ranking officials in the church. There was people in the White House. There was super wealthy, influential businessmen and lobbyists involved in Craig Spence's services. As soon as the story came out, Craig Spence, again, he had AIDS, killed himself right away. Um, Craig Spence was linked to King in that he had paid out to King, canceled checks, written to King, uh, return checks. You know what I mean? Like if you write a check, uh, your bank gets like a, like I write you a check and you deposit it in your bank, a photocopy of that check goes back to my bank and you can all pull those up at the end of the month. Yeah. That type of transaction between King and Spence. Uh, and then as soon as the guy killed himself, they, FBI came in and sealed all the records. So the Washington times couldn't even go back and look at the records anymore to get the names and prove that any of this shit had happened besides what had been in their article in the first place. Uh, and, and again, this Craig Spence shit aside from the conspiracy angle of everything else is an absolute fact. This 100% happened. He, he went down for it. He was going to go to prison. He already had AIDS and he killed himself. He didn't go to prison. He died. Um, this is where the conspiracy takes a big fucking shift because involved with Craig Spence and Larry King is old fucking eyebrows himself, old fucking point brow, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino. Uh, he was a member of the church of Satan in 1969. He started the temple of set, which was an offshoot of the church of Satan, which like, you know, uh, and, and important to bring while we're talking about Satan right now, it's important to just drag out the facts in case you're a new listener to the podcast. You haven't heard any of our shit about Satanism before, or you're, you're just generally unversed. Um, you know, Satanism is really some cosplay dork ass shit. Yeah. Uh, Anton LaVey started the church of Satan and Anton LaVey was just hilarious. He was a troll. He, he fucked around a lot. He took a lot of drugs. He had a lot of sex. Uh, he was basically a rock star without being in a band, but he was fucking hilarious. Very smart. And what he liked to do is just fucking tomfoolery. Yeah. He liked to fuck with people that had money. He liked to fuck with the government. He liked to fuck with uh, conservatives. He liked to fuck with Christians. That's what he liked to do. Yeah. He, he just trolled. That's it. He made up shit to be edgy, 
But it, it, you know, it's not like you think of today. Like he was the original. He's the OG. He yeah. did wild shit to make Christians and rich people and government officials and police officers go, "What the fuck?" But he is extremely vocal about the fact that like he didn't care if you were gay or whatever, as long as it was a consenting adult, you could have sex with them. But he was very vocal about the fact that you don't abuse animals and you don't abuse kids. Yes. And you know how media is, uh, and you know how Christians are, and you know how the world works. If there's a story about the devil, the big red horn man from hell, coming up and having cults and sex on earth, worshiping him and trying to bring down society through torture, rape, and sacrifice rituals, they'll report it time and time again. Now, Anton LaVey has definitely grown away from all that. Everyone knows that Satanism, because he said it blatantly, again, in all of his writings and all of his teachings and all of his bullshit, that uh, there's not an actual Satan. There's no God. There's just you and your flesh. Your God. Yeah, so he's just fucking trolling everybody, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the word Satan is basically irrelevant. He's just like a fucking atheist and uh, wants to fucking dick around with Christians and that's it. He wants to take a shit on Puritan beliefs. That's all. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Aquino is a big part of the church of Satan, but he wants there to be an actual fucking Satan. Yeah. He really wants now what are you, the rituals and the fucking goofy wardrobes and cosplay for Anton LaVey. They would do shit like black masses and have orgies again as a ruse. They would photograph and film all of it and put it out into the media to make Christians go, what the fuck? Yeah. Are they having sex like that with <laughs> drugs? I'm getting hot. Better go to church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to be hot over this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he started the Temple of Set. Now, Set is essentially Satan. It's just like if you're Egyptian, uh, that's the devil, right? And in other, other societies, not just Egypt, but it's just it's just the fucking devil. Well, yeah, de- devil worship pre Yes. Pre-existed before right. Christianity. But I'm just saying you know, set so. is a different word yeah. for Satan. Uh, so he breaks off on his own, and it's way dorkier, way nerdier, because of all the like whimsical worship yourself shit is gone. Now it's legitimately worship this figure. Uh, now, d- chances are this motherfucker absolutely does not exist, but this fucking goofball wants to press the issue and mess around with black magic and shit like that. Just fucking wasted time, goofy shit, cosplay, Satan shit. You know the story. And so that raises eyebrows of everyone around. Again, he, he probably originally is just trying to be shocking. But, you know, unfortunately, there's no fucking magic spells that work. Uh, I believe chaos magic works because all chaos magic is is fucking uh, making yourself and others believe in something so much that it happens. Yeah, it's just That could be like lifting fucking, you know, 500 pounds. Like continuously lifting more weight until you can lift it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's it's a, your will. Like right. You... You presume that, man, if you look, you could lie to somebody and tell them like you can lift this much amount of weight, but they don't ever go watch you at the gym. Do it. But as long as they believe that and then you think that you can do it, you can go do it. As long as you start working at it, you're like that. That goal is in your head. You do it. Yeah, we've seen the videos you post, man. I get it. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, So. That's not that big of a deal. Some goofy fucking fake devil worship what the fuck ever have fun knock yourself out now being in the army in the 60s that's probably some real weird shit to army people probably some weird weird shit to christians now psyops part of the army i'm sure you know about psychological operations the idea of this branch of the military is 
to work with our troops and against other troops to mentally facilitate our soldiers to be in scenarios like uh, what's a good way to explain this shit like okay so let's say I want you to kill a village of a hundred in Vietnam right yeah but you're an American you're fucking 25 years old you grew up here you've been around families you know that a Vietnamese family of a mother a father and a child that is a family that's people that the father if he's a terrorist quote unquote uh I guess you could go after him and kill him, but the mother and child are innocent to the fact they, they're not a threat to you and they're not involved in it at all. Now I still want you to kill them. Uh, and I, and I want you to understand that it's official army business. Now, if you just tell somebody that they're going to go, man, fuck no, that's not official army business. That's against the goddamn law. Uh, and also morally, I can't live with that. But if you, take a group of people and you convince them absolutely that this is a different type of person that this type of person, the whole family is involved in trying to kill your family. Well, you have to dehumanize your enemy. That's what I'm getting at. That's, that's the psyops because they not only will get involved with other governments and other military, as far as making them mentally comply you know, basically doing fucking magic tricks on people like, you know, convincing people to sign papers, convincing people that the United States is trustworthy and good. So they come out in the open and then meanwhile, selling a shitty car to somebody. Yeah. Car yeah. salesmanship. Right. Use yeah. car salesmen. And also at the same time, convincing our troops to go slaughter the family like they would convince the family to come and shake the troops hand and they would convince the same troop to slaughter the family. That's what they're doing. And fucking Michael Aquino is in charge of that shit. He's the head of it. He is who the army has. I mean, this guy, which in the 1960s, an open Satanist, uh, at this time he was claiming to be a neo-Nazi. They have this man in charge of psychological operations. And that's literal. Uh, He, over his entire life, has been implicated in over 200 cases of pedophilia. Mm -hmm. And by implicated, I mean accused. Nothing stuck to him. But you, at some point, when you smell shit, there's shit around. Yeah. 200 fucking implications, man. Yeah, I think uh, this is like 20 years after World War II, where we, instead of like fucking straight up having a court case with the scientists that were involved in, you know, doing all the shit for the Nazis, we just hired them. Yeah. So this guy is like in the same boat. Right. So. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Uh, even if he never did anything to kids, he's a piece of shit. Now, MK Ultra, those are words that will make any good conspiracy theorist ears perk up. That is government mind control. That is using LSD and other techniques to mentally destroy people and be able to use them as a government property, basically. Mentally taking over somebody like Timothy McVeigh, uh, and the idea is that you get them to do whatever you want to of their own volition. You essentially make a person live a second life as a secret agent for you. And they don't understand what's going on. Well, they call it ELF now. Extremely low frequency. Elf. Yeah. That's a fucking unfortunate. Remember the guy that went and shot up that military base. I think maybe in Europe somewhere, but he shot up a bunch of people and he had a gun and when there, he shot up a bunch of people and he had a gun. He had like, he had a specific kind of gun. I can't remember what it was, but on the side, it was engraved. It said, eat my, this is my ELF weapon, extremely low frequency weapon. Whoa. So, 
I don't know if that's necessarily true. No, that's what we've, I mean, we've put that caveat out there through the whole thing. Uh, But again, a lot, this shit, the facts are, he's in charge of PSYOPs. Uh, He did work with the branch of the military that worked with MKUltra, the Phoenix program. Uh, Some people believe that his part of MKUltra, the Phoenix program, what that is, is it was working with uh, soldiers that had a large number of confirmed kills integrating back into society. They were ported into... Southern California, uh, and a lot of military experts believe this is what caused the rise of serial killers to happen around this time, are these men, like look at Richard Ramirez's cousin, Mikey. He fucking went to war, and he just was over there fucking raping and pillaging and mutilating women and taking pictures of it, and he came back and showed it to Richard, which is part of what made Richard think that shit was okay. So I can understand where that type of person would come back and, and be in the same mind frame or spread that influence into others. Absolutely. Uh, now, MK Ultra wise, a lady named Kathy O'Brien, MK Ultra actually went before the Senate, and a lot of it was legit. A lot of it got brought about by Ted Kaczynski because of the shit that he for sure went to. You know, when all, when everything came out about Ted Kaczynski uh, and he was on trial, they were trying to find out why he did what he did. You know, everything came up about when he was in college and his professor took him in to work with this group of individuals that were high ranking in the government because the professor had been a government agent at some point and was still in good and trying to help them with these experiments. And so what they were doing to Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, is that they were loading him full of LSD. They were putting him in a room and they had previously interviewed him about like his worst fears and. Um, what's bad in his life, what's good in his life. So armed with every scrap of information about Ted Kaczynski. And he wanted to do it because the professor that brought him into the program was in the line of work that he wanted to do a genius and could really help you move up in that line of work. So Ted thought it was an honor to work with the guy, totally honest with everybody. So now they use everything that he gave to them against him. So they just compile like all the shit that he hates, his greatest fears in life. Um, what would set him off? Like what pushes his button? What fucks up his ego? Load him full of acid, flash fucking lights at him, make auditory low frequency noises that would, you know, like, like a dog whistle that you can't hear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Low frequencies that he can't hear, but the is there, you know, like he can hear it, but he can't hear it. Does that make sense? Uh, And they just, they do it to him for hours. And that's just one person. I mean, they do it to tons of people, but for Kaczynski, I mean, he never fucking made it back from that, obviously. He was out on the fucking riding the wave of goddamn no technology and being a fucking self-acting bomber. So uh, it happened to a lot of people. But that, Kaczynski, bringing all that up, the Senate investigated it. Now, Kathy O'Brien went before this this Senate and swore in, took an oath, uh, and of course at the risk of looking certified fucking nanners, she went before the Senate and said that in 1980, Aquino had programmed her in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. She says Aquino used barbaric force and NASA technology to control her and her daughter. She said that they were brainwashed and used for sex slavery. Now, that part, I believe. Yeah. Um, You said Kathy O'Brien? Yeah. That part, I believe. But now, look, let's say that you were... Like let's let's say that she was a prostitute. Are you? Are we about to get to the where she's got hunted? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm not. I didn't even put that stupid shit in here. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, 
so let's say that you were like a prostitute and you had a daughter and you were caught up in some shit. And so you were tr- attractive and all these rich people wanted to use your body, right? Mm-hmm. Use your daughter's body because they're pedophiles. Uh, let's say that that happened. That seems like a believable version of the story to me. Yeah. And now you're caught up in it and you're in this fucking system. Now, you would probably shut a lot of that out in your mind. You're probably taking a lot of drugs. Uh, now, she implicates Bill and Hillary Clinton, Ronald Reagan, fucking Trudeau. I mean, just everybody. Dick Cheney, Bush Sr. She said that they all sexually were with her and a lot of it was like consensual in the fact that she would go into the room and have sex with him, but she was living this other life as a part of her MK ultra programming. Now, a lot of that sounds like bullshit, but do you, do you think, do I, do I believe that Bill Clinton had sex with some woman that a fucking army Satanist brought to him? Man, fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Do I believe Dick Cheney did it? Uh, yeah, man, of course I do. Do I believe that, uh, George Bush senior did that? Yes. These are all scumbags. Yeah. Uh, do I necessarily believe that there was like a secret government cell that was able to successfully control the mind of somebody and force them to do this? Maybe, but I would say it's more likely that she was involved in some sketchy shit yeah. and was brought into it by way of like, hey, we can make all this go away and we've got money and we've got drugs and we'll take care of you and we'll take care of your daughter. And then she just that is also systematic abuse. Yeah. You know, that is well, also too, if you don't do it, we're just going to kill you and nobody will be able to do shit about it. Yeah. Not shit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then what, then your brain could easily make up the other shit. Now she yeah. has crazy shit that she came out. I'm not even gonna bring it up. It's fucking stupid. If you want to look up Kathy O'Brien, be my guest. But I think that there, and unfortunately this happens a lot too. And I think a lot of this is intentional disinformation. When somebody goes off the rails, they're telling me some shit that's true, but they're telling it to you in such a far-fetched way that no one will believe it. No. Uh, and that could vary. That That's also disinformation and mind control. Well, it busts your bubble. And people like their bubble. And they don't want anything to come outside that makes them fucking feel uncomfortable or anything like that. But, um, I mean, any, anybody that understands any type of psychology or looks at people that are mentally ill, they can go, okay, this is truth, this is fiction. You know, they can kind of separate that. When you watch videos of her, I mean, like, there's one thing about her getting hunted by George yeah, Bush and somebody else, you know, it. and it's just like... Yeah. And and then and you guys are, I'm sure, very familiar with Satanic Panic. There was a daycare that there was a family that they were saying were using kids for ritualistic Satanic abuse. Now, the Satanic Panic... It came before the news. These kids were hypnotized. They were saying that they were being flushed down the toilet into secret pits where they were being systematically abused by all these people. Priests. They were flying around the room, worshiping Satan, cutting them open, and there was no physical harm to the kids, period. But they had mentally been brought through through hypnotism. Now, I mean, that that book Michelle remembers is, uh, you know, that that happened in, uh, in Canada. Yeah, and was it? It wasn't Vancouver, but it was uh, somewhere like that. Remember. But anyways, but that, that same graveyard that's over there, that Ross Bay Cemetery, yes. is where blasphemy hung out right. and shit. So there's like a whole like that that graveyard's brought up in that book a whole bunch. Yeah, you know? but yeah, yeah. Well, that's a cool way to interject blasphemy. But what I'm saying here is, is that th- this thing, the satanic panic thing, to me, it looks like is disinformation. Yeah. It was a giant crock of shit. It was on all the media. Oh my God, these kids got molested. They proved everything to be false in that case because it was false. And then that makes anything else that comes up that's even somewhat similar to that seem like it's the same bullshit. Oh, well, here's a case, here's the most famous case of this. It was total bullshit. So anything else we hear about that is close to this with child abuse and Satan and fucking 
government cover-ups is going to be total bullshit. This information, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the first place that these that that Aquino and Larry King's wake of devastation combine with each other. Twelve-year-old Johnny Gorsh was abducted from a shopping mall parking lot in Des Moines, Iowa, doing his paper route. Paul Bonacci, living in Nebraska at the time, would have had no clue about the fucking case. I mean, it's possible. I googled it, couldn't find it. That Johnny Gorsh could have been on Unsolved Mysteries or America's Most Wanted or some shit, and Paul Bonacci could have seen the episode, right? Yeah. Uh, at this point, this investigation that has been going on has grown. Uh, Ted Gunderson, who used to be head of the CIA, yep, uh, is now a private investigator, and he's on the case. He have he believes that there is some sort of ritualistic abuse. Uh, He's smart. He's not blaming Satan, uh, but he is noticing a trend that's been going on throughout America in certain sects of wealthy society. There's a lot of kids coming forward and he's been hired to try to figure out what the fuck's going on. Um, Paul Bonacci tells Ted Gunderson, Johnny Gorsh's name. Now, how could Paul Bonacci know Johnny Gorsh's name? And Ted Gunderson's not going to lie about it. He was the fucking head. Like, he knows how all this shit works. He's an investigator that basically gave up on his government career to fucking bring things like this to the light. Because he saw inside the fucking machine. I'm sure he's done some terrible shit. Yeah. You can't be in there without not getting dirty. Um, And he says that he he knows his name because he was involved in his kidnapping. He went with Larry King, ordered by Michael Aquino... To kidnap the kid. He talked the kid into the car. Makes sense. Yeah. It said that he's done that shit. Uh, and then Michael Aquino sold the kid to a buyer in Colorado is what he was told by Larry King because he was kind of fucked up, obviously, about being involved in a kidnapping. Yeah. Uh, in 1985, parents of kids at Jubilation Daycare accused staff and other people in the community of coming in the daycare and sexually abusing kids. The kids would often be taken off-site, including to two churches where children said Old Browse, Lieutenant Colonel Aquino, was at the church. Now, there's no way a five- or six-year-old kid would not know what this creepy fuck... I mean, just Google Michael Aquino looks like. If they saw him... Yeah, man. And they scared... They they would put two and two together. Now, let me talk... Nobody has eyebrows like that. And this is important to say in this Jubilation Daycare thing that's different than Satanic Panic. Satanic Panic. What did I say? The kids were... There was no physical evidence. Kids in Jubilation Daycare, bloody rectums. Yeah. Uh, scarring, marks, bruises, um, signs of sexual abuse. That's what brought the investigation about. And now the army has got this giant scandal that comes out in San Francisco, which is where Aquino lives. They have to close Presidio child development center. Uh, Within a year, the army identified from this daycare, at least 60 victims between the ages of three and seven victims said that they would be taken to private residences to be abused. Now, when they took the kids, they drove them around they positively identified three houses into suspects. The police did this police style. They didn't take them somewhere to ask them questions about it. They did it like they would a lineup. They showed them several places and see if the kids could positively ID it. If it rang any bells, 
One of the houses was Aquino's. Mm-hmm. Uh, five of these kids contracted mm-hmm. chlamydia. Yeah. Uh, the kids were forced to eat feces and drink urine. They had urine in their stomachs. Tested for it. Aquino and his wife, Lilith, were ID'd by two of the children. Yeah. They were never charged. Uh, Aquino will go and say that every charge is a conspiracy because of his religious affiliation. Yeah. That he was just the easy person to blame for because he's different, you know? Um, he even wrote a book about that. Right. Yeah, he wrote a lot of fucking books, man. Yeah. He wrote some books that are surprising. If you just look up Michael Aquino, you'll be like, what the fuck? Uh, he's done a lot, man, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's a fucking wild guy. Um, this made... Then U.S. General Attorney Rudy Giuliani investigate a network of child abuse in the military. Uh, there was a kid that caught AIDS at a military daycare facility. So he looked into 15 daycares that had all had several allegations of abuse by staff and other members of the community. Elementary schools. Uh, a lot of the kids described separately in different states cult-like behavior. You wouldn't know what that is as a kid no. in, the, in the fucking... Early 90s and late 80s. You have no idea. Hundreds of kids involved in this shit. 50 kids from West Point alone. The Army's Academy. Rudy found nothing. He conceded that one or two of the kids were most likely abused, but there was nothing involved in a large scale. And that's fucking Rudy Giuliani. That the Rudy Giuliani. Mayor of New York City on Saturday Night Live working for Donald Trump now. It's real hard because there is a lot of, and I hate to use the word disinformation, but it is. I mean, you have guys at that time period when the satanic panic thing is going on, like John Todd, who, you know, worked for the music industry. And, you know, when they recorded uh, fucking uh, Led Zeppelin, he was talking about the lyrics being about witchcraft and all this other shit. And then you have like Fritz Springmeier talking about the uh, Mother of Darkness uh, temple in Belgium where all the high-ranking female Illuminati members would sacrifice children and all this other shit. Yeah. Which, that is a real thing. I mean, the Mother yeah. Darkness Temple is a real thing. I don't sure. know as far as, like, the child abuse goes. Right. But, yeah, it's there. You know. Uh, 1999, Paul Bonacci positively IDs Aquino as an associative king known to him and other children as the colonel. Rusty Nelson, in prison... King's personal photographer ID'd Aquino f- during King's trial as a man that gave King a briefcase full of money and bonds. King told him that Aquino was involved in Iran-Contra. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, that was what, that's why he said he was getting the money. Not for kids. Yeah. You know, but still, that puts him in the same room as Aquino. A monetary exchange between the two. That's damning evidence to me, as far as I'm concerned. It's the beginning of the drug war. Like, not not necessarily. I mean, that was already before that time. But as far as getting the laws put into place where Mm -hmm. people could be, you know, put in for whatever. Yeah, it was fucking George Bush and Bill Clinton bringing in fucking drugs into the country and locking up fucking innocent people to basically make slaves. You get five years minimum for uh, smoking crack, which is just cocaine you can smoke and then yep. snorting cocaine you get a minimum of two years yeah one's rich white people shit the others some other shit yeah you know? yep yep these are the facts and uh you know look in the iran contra if you haven't uh pretty widely there was a movie that tom cruise movie that just came out about the true story of the god damn it what's that guy's fucking name uh mina art the mina 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. God. With the fucking Tom Cruise movie about it. And it uh, shows the story of the guy that was just a private pilot. And he flew planes, was approached by a CIA to go take pictures of uh, like terrorist sites in Nicaragua and shit. So he ended, he started off doing that and he ended up, uh, uh, still trying to get the guy's name. He ended up, uh, God damn it. My brain sucks. What's his name? That's what I'm trying to find out. Barry Seal. That's it. Barry Seal is the guy. He he was a private pilot, worked for a commercial airline, was approached by CIA because he was a good pilot, young guy, wanted to make more money, ended up flying these missions where he would photograph the Nicaraguan fucking warlords and shit. Uh, CIA asked him to do more and more. He ended up importing cocaine from them to America in Mena, Arkansas, which is where we live, which we have brought this up before. Yeah. Just look into Barry Seals. He got killed, obviously, by the Clintons. Just check it out. It's real. There's no fucking bullshit yeah, conspiracy to that. The, the government absolutely brought cocaine into America and sold it. Obviously taught inner city people how to make crack. Yeah. Obvious shit. Um, in 1990... Presidio was the daycare that ended up toppling Lieutenant Colonel Aquino. He was discharged from the army, was not charged with crime, but was booted out of the army. Court documents from that show that the Army's Criminal Investigative Division wrote in a report about the incident that no doubt Aquino had committed indecent acts with a child. Sodomy, conspiracy, kidnapping, and false swearing. The CIA, CID, took his alibi, recorded it, and remarked that it was not persuasive. So he was completely discharged from the army. Now, yeah. Aquino says that's not what happened. You can't get these records publicly. I 100% believe it was because anybody that is that high in the military would not ever leave. Well, you know, he's... Uh Oh, he's in charge of the NSA now. That's yeah, his new job. Absolutely. Yeah. He's the head of the NSA. Yeah. Discharged from the army? Job of the NSA. Not just a job. He's in charge of spying on people. Yeah. He's the guy that fucking the men that stare at goats. He was the fucking head of that. Yeah. He's convinced the government to do all types of goofy shit with magic involving mind control. Uh and that's real shit. Again, draw your own conclusions. Uh, I'm not a fucking big conspiracy boy. I think a lot of them uh, go too far and do bad. I think they do bad in the way of disinformation. I, I yeah. think that's a lot of the problem that I've always had with like Alex Jones' stupid ass is that you fucking make things so dumb and blow them up so much that anything that actually, any event that actually occurs is drowned out by your grave misstep in another event. You know, you go all in on. Uh, Crisis actors, for example, the fucking yeah. school shooting where you would say that these kids weren't real. They never existed. The parents are crisis actors and you gamble everything on that. And then nothing you say after that can ever be taken seriously. And this is what happens with conspiracy people all the time. Now, whether it's up to them or whether it's up to. I'm sorry, man. I got to go. I'm about to piss my pants. Go ahead. Whether it's up to. Oh, man. Whether it's up to them. I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> Whether it's up to them 
or uh, whether it's up to the government to make the disinformation happen, it absolutely happens. There's, uh, you know, you got the flat earth. There's just, conspiracies are such a murky water to step into. And I feel like there's a way where we can logically look at some of the more bizarre instances of abuse of the legal system, child torture. I mean, because like the Barry Seals thing, uh, look at the real Rick Ross. The government was using this guy to traffic cocaine around America like a drug dealer, but he was working for the government and they were going to lock him away for forever because he couldn't read. And then he ended up learning how to read in prison and beat the charges. And now he's out free. I mean, everything could be bullshit in the world and everything could be true in the world. We just got to find that line that we can follow down. And generally that's Occam's razor. I mean, a good example of Occam's razor for this case is what's the most likely scenario to have happened. This guy, Michael Aquino has been accused over 200 times of pedophilia. Do you not think that he's done this at least one time after 200 accusations. I mean, I know I keep bringing it up, but it's, it's hard to think about because we're talking about, I mean, every time we got a number like 200, 200 accusations, every single one of those accusations is a goddamn child. That's a ruined life. That's an episode of intervention. It's not going to work out for that person. It's somebody who's out there in the government, the head of the NSA that, is willing to absolutely destroy another human's life because human beings aren't human beings. They're just another form of currency. There's a certain type of personality in this shitty world that can rise to power because being a psychopath pays when it comes to climbing to the top because people don't matter to you. They're simply another possession, another step in your path to the top, and stories like this I find interesting, but I find fucking despicable because I don't want to fall into like a fucking Alex Jones Pizzagate trap. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a fucking tit, but at the same time, Occam's razor. If this shit keeps coming up over and over again, what's the most likely scenario? I mean, it's real. I know I've said sex trafficking. Uh, you know, but the, the job that buddy has brings him in to the contact of all types of wayward youth. Uh, and it's a fucked, it's the world is so more, it's so much more fucked up even in America than you can ever imagine. Uh, because you, we are all raised in a way, I mean, not, we're not all raised the same way, but no matter how bad your life was or what you have experienced, you're generally conditioned to put on blinders. Yeah. Uh, if you're not directly involved in child sex trafficking, you know, you're not, it's not something that you would want to spend your time looking at because it, it, it makes you feel like shit. Yeah. It's the worst possible thing to think about. No good can come of it in your mind unless you're going to dedicate your life to what you can do to take it down, which you can't make a dent in it because it'll never stop. It's, it's always been. Uh, children have always been preyed upon. Yeah. It, it's a continual thing. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll do podcasts like this, what we can to put information out there because it's it's already out there, but
But if we can talk to our fucking audience, it's just important to know shit like this. Yeah. Even if it is a total crock of shit, you just got to remember that in the world, you, know, you can't fucking trust anybody. No. Uh, especially the most powerful people. And I, and we picked uh, Napalm Death. Uh, fuck. <laughs> You're one of the dumbest people I've ever met. It's uh, right for the breakening. Napalm Death, right for the breakening, because, you know, Napalm Death is a, I guess, pivotal death metal band. They were kind grindcore. of... Well, yes, they were grindcore, but that was before the term death metal, you know? Yeah. So... I say pivotal death metal band because they were playing fast and hard before other people were, but they're long spoken out against the government. Yeah. So the government, uh, that's a broad term, but man, you got to watch out for these slick motherfuckers because they're doing ill shit. And it's just a level of success that we'll never know because the way to taste that success is to do horrible things. Yeah. Illuminati, man. I don't, I, I don't like doing these episodes because it is all kid abuse. Like I can't find any without it. I can't find any case where you can look down a rabbit hole of the government controlling people's lives and not see a fucking litany of goddamn child abuse staring back at me. That's like what the whole thing runs off of. Yeah. And it makes total sense to me because it, you have to be so secretive about the practice. I mean, the rest of the world, like, no one looks upon selling a child for prostitution as a good thing. So you have to create your own environment. That's also a way to blackmail people. Yeah. It's the most disturbing thing possible. If you're not willing to participate in it, then you don't need to be in the group. That's the thing. So you just fucking do the most despicable shit possible, knowing that if you ever owned up to it, that you would look Look, be looked down upon. I mean, think about some of the serial killers we've covered. I mean, even like Jared Brudos, which we haven't done necessarily on here, but we did on YouTube. He would never admit to killing a kid and raping a kid. That was one thing he wouldn't touch on. Dahmer. We just Dahmer's did that. the same he thing. He wouldn't say, he would say that they are all adults. Even serial killers. They know that is yeah. the most fucked up thing yeah. you could do. So you have to build your own society around that. And somehow... It looks to me like that's fucking kind of taken over all facets of the government. Yeah. That, that, that the most elite people do that shit. Now, th- that, then that brings the question, is there some sort of fucking untapped superpower that you get from preying on the innocent? Is there something to that? I don't know. I mean, who knows? I don't want to know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess if anybody knew, it would be people that were participating in... Uh, well, they're all fucking rich. Yeah. And powerful. God damn it. Yeah. Hey. It's been another episode of the Illuminati Files. Hopefully, you had a good time. It's a thick, hard thing to think about. Yeah. We know it. It's our duty. Here at Death Metal Dicks, we want everyone to understand how the world works so you can feel better about yourself and progress yourself through this godforsaken life as a more powerful being than you were yesterday. Right? Yeah, for That's sure. all we're trying to do. If you like what you heard, visit patreon.com backslash death metal dicks and uh, see about sponsoring the boys here. We sure could use it. Uh, we're interested in coming to your town for a live show. Just hit us up on any social media and we can work out the details. Join the Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. Death metal dicks on Facebook and you can just follow the link in the episode. Uh, Spotify is the best place to listen to us at. Hell yeah, Spotify because we get paid for that. Uh, yeah, man. Satan's cool. He's not this. <laughs> this is uh, not... The real devil shit. This is 
evil for sure. Yeah. But it's a different type of than fucking having a good time with your boys. You know what I mean? The difference between free thinking and fucking rape. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the opposite of free thinking. There's nothing free about rape. No. So, uh, yeah, it's been a thick one, man. Uh, I'm, my mind is heavy after sitting down and talking about it. So we'll get out of here. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. (sighs) Try to eat ass, you know, if you can. If you can get aroused, I hope you do. Uh, We'll talk to you later.